welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. This episode we'll be talking about art critics. Art critics, and what we mean by art, we mean just Any film, film, television, television, music, theater, theater. Well, those are all performing arts we mentioned, but also, you know, fine arts as well. Um, and, um, and even just fine arts, but I, I just, just said that. Oh, oh, okay. Whoops. I wasn't listening. Um, well, what, we, what do we think about them? Um, do we like them? Do we think they're necessary? And uh, do we think they uh, add a great deal to... I mean, what are the negatives and positives? What are the negatives and positives? Of art critics. Of, of critique. Um, before we get into things, um, I just wanted to mention that... Nikki. Yes, this is Nikki speaking. In one of our earlier episodes, uh, it was our second episode on ties, I said something... I, I misused the word literally. Um, I used it... I said literally... When he meant when figuratively. When I meant figuratively... And and just be. I just wanted to make sure that you guys understood that I knew, or uh, that I am very apologetic for misusing that word, especially since we had an episode on grammar and syntax, and and being sort of true sticklers for correct grammar and syntax, and just. He has to be a stickler on himself. As I have well. to be a stickler on so myself. So Nikki was a little bit of a hypocrite, but I will argue that the the thing is that I didn't use it. I didn't say literally on purpose to come across as more intelligent. It was merely a an effect of my uh, of my of colloquialism. You know, it was it was sort of my everyday language, and you know, I I misused a word. By accident, but not in trying. I know, to but I think most it. people use it by accident. It's well, just but, the way media uses it, and that's true. But and our syntax so much so that literally has, in fact, two definitions now in the dictionary. One is its normal usage, which is literally meaning truly, um, and then also it means because people misused it so much colloquially. That it has taken on the second definition of being figuratively also. Which is its complete opposite. Right. And I just don't, personally, I don't adhere okay. to that well, second anyway, definition. I just we don't want to get ridiculous. off on a whole thing about that because we already had a grammar and syntax episode. Um, anyway, I apologize for misusing that word. I'll try not to make it happen again, but I won't make any guarantees. Anyway, art criticism, art critics. Immediately, I think of film critics first because I feel like film critics maybe have the biggest influence uh, out of critics in general um, because movies are so widely seen across the world. Actually, right? I mean, they're more. It's movies are ubiquitous. You know. I mean, I guess music critics have influence too, but I think people don't look to music critics as often as they look to film critics um, to decide whether or not to listen right. to I mean, you definitely see critics... Music or watch a movie. You know, people will quote... Well, same with theater critics, I will say, argue that as well. But certainly film critics have a little bit more of an influence because, yeah, you know, they're, they're you know, shown internationally. 
and people see, you know, uh, films will quote, you know, their advertisements will quote critics in, for in an effort to sell the movie better, you know? Right. I mean, theater does that too, but theater is usually specific to the city it's playing in. Right. Um, you know, even if a show's on tour, you know, it, it might quote critics from a specific city. It, it's not, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, um, no, theater will, yeah, that's right. I suppose it, you know, actually come to think about it, all, actually all the arts will do that too. But, I mean, they'll, the thing they'll about, quote any good critic, but the thing any, about any films, good critique. But the thing you know? about films, especially big films, is they usually play um, internationally and theater doesn't tend to do that um, unless it's a really popular show. Um, right. Anyway, so what do we think about our critics? Um, I think it's, you know, I don't, like the idea of art criticism um, when it comes from most critics because... Well, actually, hold on, Nikki. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, art criticism can actually be very good and be put to very good use. I mean... Yes, and musicians like us, we actually depend on that a lot because how else is our music going to get out there? Uh, I mean, how else is... People aren't going to know about our music, I mean, unless there is art criticism, unless people review our stuff. Well, that is that is one of the pros of art criticism, then, that it helps smaller bands like us uh, succeed in... And get noticed. ...in the art world. Right, and, you know, even still, um, and someone that may not actually be... I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, someone that may not have a whole lot of experience necessarily in the technical aspects of an art form, like somebody who hasn't done a film, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, I don't know if that necessarily means all the time that they can't criticize uh, to a good, you know, to a an intelligent degree uh, a film. I think that just means, you know, if they're very knowledgeable about film, they could be very perceptive about well, things. You're, you're you know? getting ahead of yourself now because um, we have a whole world to to. Uh, I know to, we'll, to discuss discuss we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that in a bit. We'll discuss that in a bit. I just want to make that clear, though. You know, I mean uh, that this this, that critics, this episode is in no way a um, sort of a undermining of art criticism because. Art criticism is important in general in in the world of art, but we just wanted to talk about for this episode what we see as the pros and cons of art criticism. Right, right, right. Um, anyway, uh, art critics. Who says these critics um, are the end all be all on who, what what what, on, what validates them to be critics in the first place? I mean, a lot of them. It, seemingly have never been involved in actively in the arts before. I mean, some none of, them of them are, I mean, a couple of them have made films or, or, or done music, but a lot of them haven't. They're just moviegoers or, or music lovers. And, it, it's, and they may have, I mean, they may have a point in what they're saying sometimes, but Nikki's right. What, what qualifies what gives them? them yeah, what qualifies them as to as, be the, uh, to be the, sort of voice for the masses. For the masses, right. Um, um, if anything, they aren't the, the voice for the masses because 
Um, there are a lot of popular movies and music and that become popular against in all spite neg- of in spite of the negative criticism that they get. Um, here's an example comes to mind is Siskel and Ebert, uh, or Ebert and Roper in the next incarnation of that show at the movies. Um, now Siskel, from what I understand, has had never done anything in film, if I'm correct. Isn't that right, Nikki? Um, as far as I could believe. Right. And Ebert, Ebert all he Roger did Ebert, was all he, he did was a couple of Russ Meyer Russ films. Meyer films. And Russ Meyer was just a, a, a smut filmmaker, basically. He was known to be uh, like a B filmmaker. And so, you know, Roger Ebert essentially wrote bad screenplays right, before he, <laughs> he became a film critic. I know. And so what gives, what qualifies him just because, and he won a Pulitzer for his art criticism. I think before for, he even wrote a screenplay. Oh, really? Yeah. I, well, for his film criticism, he won a Pulitzer. And I just think, okay, maybe some, maybe because it was well-written, I guess that's why he run, won it. But I don't know. It just seems like what, yeah, what qualifies him as, uh, a, a better critic than your average movie, movie goer, goer, you know, or um, someone, I mean, I guess he is very knowledgeable about film. That's true. I that's will say true. that, but, but as far as the filmmaking, us, cross- I mean, I consider myself a, a movie buff, a, a television buff, a music buff, just buff in general. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I, I feel like, you know, I technically, I could, you know, talk about, you know, film, films in a sort of a critical manner. And I do, I do that, you know, I actually did start a movie blog a couple of years ago. I didn't really do many reviews, but I did a few. And, um, the point is, you know, who would want to listen to me, you know, give film criticism. I, I do know what I'm talking about and I'm very specific with the things I like and don't like. Um, but I guess what qual- qualifies me is that I have done those things before I've been involved in f- in yeah, but filmmaking okay. process, I've been involved I, in the music process. Music, make, I mean, we are Max and I are both musicians, and um, we we've done a lot of acting in the past. And sure, so but what, I guess whatever. The point is, even you, what difference does it make what you have to say? Well, no, I guess the ultimate you, point is, it should be that you should don't depend on somebody else for their opinion of a movie. Go see it yourself if you're generally interested in seeing a movie. No, no, and then and then. It is, I guess what it is fun though, because Nikki and I did watch a lot of episodes of At The Movies because at the end of the day, it is fun to watch people discuss something because sometimes it, it uh, they might, um, it validates your opinion somehow maybe, or sometimes it, it's just interesting to see an opposing view and I don't know, just for the sake of... It's just fun to discuss those things. I it's suppose, fun that right? it's there fun is to, a discussion it's fun about to watch something dis- that you're interested in. That's true, I mean, right. Something that the, you're interested in, it's fun that there's a discussion about it. You know, I suppose that's just I, a fun thing to watch. I just want to move back for a second. I mean, I, I think you're wrong, Max. I actually do think certain people are more qualified to give criticism than others. I know you might not... I'm not saying that... I'm not I'm saying, saying that... I actually think how, that how, people... T.O., hold on. Let me just get this out before you get on your thing. I'm not saying that there aren't people more qualified to give criticism. There are people who I think are more qualified. I'm just saying at the end of the day, one shouldn't one should take criticism with a grain of salt. That person is a different person than you. 
what they value in a movie or in a piece of art is completely different than what you value. Okay. And so go see the movie, see if you agree with that person. But, you know? but here's the and thing. And just because you made... Somebody, somebody who I... Like a filmmaker that I respect, like uh, Quentin Tarantino, for example, I will consider his criticism... Um, more valuable. More valuable than than somebody like a Roger Ebert or Richard Roper or Michael Phillips because he's actually involved in film and he's made some really great works of art. And so if, if I know that somebody's involved in the business of art, um, actively pursuing it as their careers, then I know that they know what it's like to try to put on a show, to try to create something and i know that they understand the obstacles that come come along with with trying to pursue those passions and i think when you when you understand the obstacles you begin to appreciate the technical value the technical side and and i guess the aesthetic side of art in general um it's true i mean here's what i have to say i think people that in our opinion, as Nikki said, that should be qualified to make criticism. Uh, you can follow their advice and recommendations to go see a movie, but don't definitely don't just because you respect that person's respect that person and think they're qualified to make a criticism. Don't let that um, I should say don't let that affect your movie-going experience. You should have, form your own opinion yourself. Right. Now, I, um, I there was think personally, I'm on, uh, personally, I actually don't even like to listen to criticism before I've seen a movie, though. Nowadays, I'm just all about going in kind of with a blank slate. I don't even want to listen to friends talk about it because I don't want their opinions to influence my watching. Because whether or not I like, whether or not I, I form my, I do form my own opinions, but sometimes people who you know, overhype a movie, it might be underwhelming in the end to you because it, it didn't meet those expectations. Or on the contrary, you might try so hard in your mind to uh, reach those because it's been hyped up expectations so much. that that they it, they they've it, created for you that it that might you create might, a phony sort of idea of your actual um, opinion of the movie. It, it, it might make you think that the film or song or, or play was better than it actually was to you, you know? Right. It, it's like a might, phony reality. Right. I guess really what it comes down to it, you got to be real with yourself, you know? What Just did you be, actually be think Be honest with yourself, but still it's hard. Sometimes like there is a some subconscious thing, you know, that, you know, you might be picking apart a movie and you were like, you're trying to uh, validate a thing. Maybe something seems forced in it. But because people that you respect said it was good, you might try and validate the reasons for those things. Right, being we, forced, we, you know what I mean. So, you know, our siblings, we respect their opinions a lot. Our old elder siblings, so older siblings, and um, they do have an influence on the way we think about things. Much less so today, these days, than they used to. But I will consider their opinions more than most people's. Right, and that's not to say, also, by the way. You should be open-minded to changing your opinions to upon hearing somebody else's argument, actually. I think that's a good thing. Right. And, uh, I mean, 
Here's an example of a movie that has received some backlash, uh, even though the majority of people and critics have given it great glowing reviews, is the movie La La Land. Um, We talked about La La Land in a previous episode, but um, we wanted to say that, uh, you know, there's, there's been some backlash, but a lot of that backlash is sort of unfounded. It's, it's kind of, it's only been created because people jump on this bandwagon, listening to other people give a negative um, review of it. And they don't even know why they're really giving it a negative review. They are just doing it just because they want to jump on the bandwagon. And it becomes sort of this politicized snowball effect. But in actuality, I think most filmmakers really, I, I, I would like to think that they they really appreciate a film like La La Land for its technical achievements. I mean, what Damien Chazelle created is really a, a, a real accomplishment, work of art, just a, a feat, a, a groundbreaking feat in, in movie making experience. History. In, in yeah. film history, I think, yes. you know. So... I guess regardless of any backlash that you may have heard of the film, it still, you know, has received glowing reviews throughout the whole world. And I right, think you should form, but you know, form your, go see it yourself. Go form your own foam, opinions. Form your As own we opinions. were saying before, don't, don't follow the reviews necessarily. Although somebody's advice you can heed, as I said, yeah, but always take things with a grain of salt and, and That's go why see it yourself. I, yeah. I, um, you know, I have a problem with some of these aggregator, film review sites like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic, you know, people look to Rotten Tomatoes and say, oh, that movie got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it must be good. Or uh, alternatively, somebody might say, oh, that, that movie only got 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. It must be bad. And I think it's, it's worthy to note that Rotten Tomatoes doesn't take into account how good of a review it was. So it might barely have passed sort of mediocre standing with, with, tomato. with many cr- with many critics it might have it might have been certified fresh is that what it's called right it might have been yeah but it what i'm trying to say is many critics might have said i guess this is good enough for me to give right a thumbs up or you know three stars or what a two and a half star it might have got two and a half star reviews okay but all of those combined if those were all good, you know, technically good reviews, it would still get a high percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. And so I I don't think it's a good site to look at. Alternatively, I mean, for some of my favorite films, like uh, The Baxter, that didn't get a good percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. But again, I think it's the idea that film critics, especially a lot of film critics are older people, and they don't... Seem they're not able to tap into a younger. They're not hip. Basically. They're not hip. They don't. They can't understand sort of a certain mindset, maybe a certain sense of humor that is popular amongst younger people or yeah, hipper people. Um, the Baxter is one of my favorite comedies of all time, and yet it was not reviewed so well by Ebert and Roper. But I think they just didn't get it. They didn't understand the sense of humor. Same it's thing. It's really they, really they also, funny. Siskel and Ebert didn't review the Hudsucker Proxy as well. Or is it the Hudsucker's Proxy? It's the Hudsucker Proxy. The Hudsucker Proxy, they didn't review that very well. And that's like top five material it's right there. One of, it's maybe my favorite film of all time. Same with, same with the, speaking of the Coen brothers, the Big Lebowski, they both said they didn't like the movie. They didn't think it was funny. And, and that is that was, from a lot of people, a lot of people who just... Not even uh, moviegoers, but just 
just a lot. I mean, but normal younger, movie younger people pay, will say younger people think that's just their, their favorite, favorite comedy of all time. And I actually probably will say that it's probably tied for my favorite comedy, maybe top three cup comedies of all you know, time. I remember watching Gene Siskel review and uh, you know him saying that he didn't understand the one scene where he's hallucinating and you know flying over the the bowling alley and he thought that it was some sort of reference to superman but i was thinking to myself what what is he talking about this is i mean it's not a reference to superman but even well, if it, i mean even if it were is it actually i don't know. I even I'm, think I'm about it sure. when i was watching i'm it, not but sure but it doesn't it's even not matter even, it doesn't it's irrelevant even, actually it's irrelevant. he's hallucinating it's, it's not so, so it seems to be like Siskel's sort of mindset was that uh, sense of humor or humor in general has to mean something and it has to be thought about. Whereas I think the Coen brothers' intention was more so to just give an experience. It, it's sort of a uh, visceral experience where something is just funny because it is or something is interesting or cool well, because it is. You don't have to think about it so much. There might be some underlying things going on. Right, and that's what the, the Coen brothers do a lot of. There's a lot of symbolism sometimes in their movies. and Which you can think about it, you know. You can think of out post, after the film. Post but film it's also viewing, could be just know? something that's interesting to watch, too. You know, it's like um, David, Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch will sometimes just put stuff in his movies Um just because he thinks it's kind of a weird thing to do, and he thinks that's kind of like real life in a way, and he likes that there's just, weird stuff that happens, and there's nothing that he, it, and it's open to interpretation what you want, but really the reason it's in there is just because life is kind of weird, you know. Things if you just saw, if you just took a a, a shot, if you did like a little minute sequence of just two people having conversation, even like maybe 10 seconds of their conversation, it might seem so out of place and so weird to even think about what they're talking about because you have no idea what the context is of their conversation, really. And I think he does that kind of stuff in his movies on purpose because that's kind of like real life, you know? Uh, Roger Ebert was but a big, you know, big uh, opponent of David Lynch for a long time until I think Straight Story came out or, or Mulholland Drive came out. He didn't like most of his movies because he thought it was just weird for being the sake of being weird or something like that. But, you know, that's what makes it so subjective is, is you know, sometimes weird for the sake of being weird is cool, you know. Right. And see, I there think, you go. You know? The point is on these critics, though, is, you know, they may not know what the hell they're talking about, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, same with music, you know. I mean, uh, the Beach Boys... Very famous album, Pet Sounds. Uh, it didn't get great reviews in America upon its release. In England, it it got reviewed very well. And uh, even Paul McCartney says that God Only Knows is his favorite song of all time. And it didn't sell amazingly in the U.S. Well, upon it its did, initial yeah. release. It did actually not... I mean, by today's standards, it did wonderful. Yeah, it, yeah, but... But, but I just, by to Brian the 60s Wilson, it didn't... He didn't, wasn't pleased with the sales. But yeah. the point is, it's now gone down in history as one of the greatest pop albums of all, of all time. And I think it's criticism weird. has changed over the years for that album. And so, in a way, it's still subjective. You know, you don't... The way a critic might feel, or critics in general might feel about a work of art today might change in the next few decades, and their opinions might change of that 
that work of art that happens all the time i mean they're oftentimes those cult classics you know they that they're called cult classics because there was an audience in spite of the negative reviews it got there was an audience for those films and it it gained cult status and then it there it found an audience you know so there's there's things that you know the critics just don't it it goes over their heads but it may not go over yours so don't don't follow the critics all the time. I know we talked about movies a lot. We just are big movie fans. I mean, we're big music fans too. Um, Obviously, I mean, and we do music for a living. The thing but. is, here's the thing. Uh, everybody's a critic now too. I mean, there's so many blogs out there and there's people out there make music blogs and everyone is... It's just so weird. Everyone has their own subjective taste to things, you know. I mean, it's, and it's almost like it's hard to really what qualifies anybody to write about anything. I guess anybody can do it, and it, I guess it's, it's like, just such a weird thing where yeah. you know certain blogs or or media, print media gets so popular that a good write up from that source means everything you know so if right. you get a good write-up from pitchfork it, it, it means a really good thing but essentially what are those I guess guys what, really yeah what, I, what makes them you know the end-all be-all of everything you know? right essentially basically i guess we we don't have a problem with people writing criticism that's fine i think it's great i mean it's, it's great to is, discuss but it's I think really interesting the influence actually. that criticism has on uh the consequences or the the six the influence it has on the success of a piece of art is the problem we have with it it the critics really shouldn't have that much power actually and that's the problem we have with it with criticism that said the critics do have power to to make to help make a movie or an album succeed and that's a good thing if they review a smaller film really really well then it has a better chance of making its money back and that's a good thing it, it, I know it has a, a good, good chance thing, of, but I think of making you know a larger audience watch that film i know but still i mean you can't just say it's good i mean yeah i guess so i, I don't know i, I kind of still think that i don't know the critics just have just too much power I they think. do have yeah, too I, much there's power. too much power especially when there's you know all sorts of outlets like award shows which already kind of sort of um help make those smaller projects sometimes, succeed sometimes sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they don't sometimes it's like the they tonys do. for instance uh they're only for broadway shows and yet there's so much off-broadway stuff that is good too you know and it's like you know how are those going to get or any shows notice, that you know? are not even in new york you know right i guess like they're and they're only going to get noticed from write-ups, I guess, from critics. I mean, I guess you're right. I see what you're saying, Nikki. It's good to get a write-up that's good because how else is that show going to get so noticed, right? Here's the I thing. don't know. I mean, should, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Should um, maybe Is it the kind of thing where critics should only do write-ups if they liked what they saw and if they or like what they heard, and if they didn't, they should just pass on doing a write-up on it? I mean, they shouldn't... They shouldn't spread negativity about it but rather only spread positivity and if they can't get themselves to do that then just don't write anything at all no i don't know because sometimes people genuinely think i mean people genuinely think something is good but they don't necessarily they're not going to write up about it you know what i mean so 
That's also giving, what? that's, I don't know, how's, that's I different from what I was just saying. I know, I know it is a little bit different, but what I'm trying to say is even the critic is being selective in their write-ups too still. I mean, they can't possibly write everything up that's no, think is no, good. What I'm saying know? though is should a critic only write good reviews and not write bad reviews? Because right. with a bad review, you're not helping anybody except maybe preventing somebody from going to see a movie or listening to an album. But that should be for them to decide, decide whether or not to spend their money on that piece of art. You know, it's a critic. I think I'm just starting to think like maybe a critic should only choose to write good reviews. And if they didn't like the piece of art, then they shouldn't write a review at all. That happens often with, uh, well, no, that's, I guess when you get on the bigger, bigger level, I guess, you know, music criticism will write negative reviews, but, uh, oftentimes on blogs, they don't, they won't write a song. They won't write a review if it's a bad, if, if it, they didn't like, if they it. didn't like it. I think that's the case, right? If it's a, an album that they didn't like, they just won't write about it. I suppose if it's like, if it's an, if it's a band trying to make Unless it, it's a bigger, know, uh, right. media source. Right. Or yeah, exactly. If I think if it's a big enough band, then, then you're subjected to, uh, Maybe more harsher negative. criticism, but that's not true. Harsher, good, or I shouldn't say harsher, but uh, more. You're subjected to uh, positive and negative. I guess the whole spectrum of criticism. I guess more. Well, whereas if you're a smaller band, then you won't get necessarily written about at all. Actually, that's not necessarily it. true for for film, though. Small films do get negatively criticized. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have a good feel. It gives me a bad feeling when a small movie even if it's you know even if it's bad if it's negatively criticized by a lot of critics quote-unquote critics then it's just um discouraging to the filmmaker you know um especially somebody who's might this might be their first film or something like that right it's already discouraging enough not to get written about actually at all Right. So to write a negative review, I mean, I mean, at the same time, you could say like, well, if that person just is not having any talent, like, are you going to let them keep going? You know, I don't know. It's kind of right. I guess thing. so. I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, it, it's weird. If they had like, good enough friends, they'll tell them, look, this, you got to, I think if they're not getting rid up about, I think they'll just think, I mean, that's already discouraging enough. And then, so if they think. They really have something there. Just let them keep going, you know? I guess whatever whatever ultimately is going to make... Yeah, I guess ultimately it's like, why spread negativity when it's actually not... It's not conducive to anything. Yeah, it's know? not helping anybody. All right, well, in any way, I just do want to mention that we haven't mentioned some of the other arts, like... Fine arts. Fine arts, and that's probably because They're we, so subjective to... No, that, that's not what I was going to say. Oh. I was going to say we haven't mentioned it because we're actually not knowledgeable on that we're area not of at, criticism, actually. I mean, but we... I mean, not, this is not to say we don't know... We, we don't know anything about it. We do know something about I fine know, arts. I know, but I will say that we don't really quite... I'm saying we don't know about criticism regarding that stuff. But in a sense, though, then we might be more like the average fine art appreciator. And right, we know, in, some, in that, we know a in, little bit of something about fine in, arts. In that, we sense, just... in that sense, 
it truly becomes a subjective thing. You look at a piece of art and you think, is this good or not to you? Does this make you feel anything? Does this, is this good to you? And, but that's I, the truest, you know, version of being a critic, your own critic is, you know, sure, do you like but at this the same not? time, you know, there is something to be said for knowing the history of, of a, of a subject, I guess, because then you can really appreciate it for everything it's worth. But with that said, what does it matter? If you like it, then you like it. And if you don't, who cares? You know, it's like, I don't know. It's an, like going to see a movie, you know, the whole point of movies in the first place was to go escape, you know, and you know, you didn't need to know the history about it. It was just That's like, what makes a movie like La La Land so great. If is it it's a truly an escape kind of right. movie. Well, know? what makes La La Land so good is it's an escape for people. And then also, if you know a little something about film as well, it's even more of a treat for you. Exactly. Um, it, that, and that, I think, is the mark of a true piece of art, is something that can is multi-layered. Can please in, all audiences. It can please all audiences, yes, yes, yes. Um, that goes for our feeling about comedy, too, but that's another that's Oh, another comedy sub- is... All, whole that's other, a whole other episode to do. That's a whole with. other episode, I mean... Real quickly on comedy, I mean, some comedians will say you can't criticize it unless you've you've done it yourself. And you know, I've talked to comedians who like said that. that. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna name names, but well, that ain't true. I mean, you're performing for an audience, and that doesn't do comedy. You know, that's true. That's true. Usually, but well, comedy is a whole other subject. That's a whole that's other another subject. episode. That's another subject that we'll talk about. I'd say later. the so the final word is, you know, for art critics. I generally think they they wield too much power, but sometimes that power can be good for good use, put to good use, I suppose. Um, and our and our critics shouldn't negatively criticize openly a piece of art in printed media. It should only be put to good use. And well, well, that is something that's actually interesting to talk about. I mean. I suppose you're right. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean... I mean, it's hard to say, you know. I I think when you've reached a certain popularity or level of popularity, maybe... If you've reached a certain level of success... If you've reached a certain level of success... Then I think it's, it's okay for critics maybe to negatively comment on on your work of art because then it keeps you in check and as an artist and it makes you realize okay what could i have done differently and what can i i will have a chance to redeem myself in the future whereas a smaller artist might not have a chance to redeem him or herself in the future because they're but sometimes people's careers are killed by just one bad one uh, a movie they did that received bad criticism and there, I think that is when that is when I think critics, you know, have too much power. I think I also think uh, so they I, have too much power and in their influence over people is what I am trying to say ultimately. So the, so the do, final word is the final word is don't critics, take 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 critics our criticism with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. See Go yourself, judge it. For, judge it for yourself. Judge it for yourself. Don't By fall means, into take the recommendations if you want. Don't fall into any bandwagon. Don't fall into bandwagon schnip. Um, um, you know, just create your own opinion. Just create your own opinion. What do you? How do you honestly feel about this piece of art? Yes. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. And please tune in next time.